Good morning, everybody. Let's stand and sing together.
Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, for me, for all of us. Thank you, Lord, for your words of eternal life, your living hope. Amen. Please sit down. <coughs> good morning, everybody. I'll say good morning again. Now that everyone's in. in. Good morning. Um, I'm Mel and I'm going to be leading our service this morning. I also want to say a happy new year to you all. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, I wasn't here last week, so um, I'm not sure some of you, others, other people may not have been here last week. So happy new year to you. Um, Ray is going to be preaching um, for us later on this, this morning about the words of eternal life. Um, unfortunately, Fox is poorly, so um, he can't be with us this morning. We'll pray for him later. Um, so we're going to take up our offering now. If there is somebody new next to you, perhaps if you want to make yourself known to people, if you're visiting us for the first time today, or if there is somebody that you haven't seen since last year, then please make sure that you go and speak to them as we take up the offering. Um, or the collection, whatever you want to call it.
Did I keep you long enough? <laughs> Excellent. Okay, let's pray together and prepare our hearts for worship this morning. Lord Jesus, please take these gifts of money given this morning and through our bank accounts and use them to reach out to others and to further your kingdom. May many, many more people get to experience your love this coming year and live in the hope of eternal life with you. Lord, we are here to worship you this morning. So let's pause for a moment and be still. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come to fill our hearts and minds and help us to focus on the presence of God. We give Jesus our full attention. We put the events of yesterday aside and the things that are coming up in the future to concentrate on the here and now. We give Jesus our full attention. Take away the distractions, the busyness of our lives, the worries so that we can focus on our true purpose of knowing you and worshipping you. We seek your kingdom first and your righteousness. I pray the words from this song. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control, because I want more of you, God. I pray for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in our hearts this morning. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to rise up within us. Allow our worship to bubble up inside. I pray for a great deepening in our relationship with the Father. And for clarity and purpose as we walk on in this new year with Jesus. Amen. So let's stand together as I pray the words of the Lord's Prayer from the Message Bible. So let's stand together. <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving of others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Let's sing the hymn of heaven.
are gone. But in the meantime, we can have faith and hope that God has a good plan for our future. Lord, help us to trust you more this year. Help us not just to have faith, but to use it. We know what your word says. Help us to trust and rest on your promises. What good is a fridge full of food if we don't open the door and use the food inside it? 
in the same way, may we open your word, read it, digest it, and act upon it, hope upon it, and trust it. Isaiah tells us that those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. We may not know what the next weeks and months of our lives will bring, but we know the reward that trusting God brings. Sometimes we have to wait for the best outcome, but we can always expect it. We're going to trust in God. Trust in God, I'm gonna trust in Jesus without shame and without fear. Gonna fix my eyes on the hope of glory for his day is drawing near. How great is the love of God, how steady is his hand to guide me through.
provision, your presence, your leading and your guidance. Lord, we trust in you alone. Lord, you are always in control. We trust in your plans for us, knowing that you care about our every need and desire. We can rest and find peace in you as we give you control of our lives. Don't strive, 
by still waters in our darkest times you are beside us you comfort us when we are sad and hurting we think of those we know that need your healing your peace and comfort today We lift their names to you. Just lift those names aloud that you know of people that need healing and comfort today. Thank you, Lord, for Dawn West being here this morning. Just lift those names before God. For Kim Driscoll. We pray for Kim. Marilyn and Clive Patterson. For Danny and Alison Pritchard on the loss of Alison's mum. For Fox Tucker, unable to be here with us. For Gilly Sterry. Just keep lifting those names before God.
Holy Spirit, comfort, heal, and protect them all, we pray. We pray for the places in the world that need your peace. Lord, again, we trust that you are in control in all these situations and circumstances. Even when we can't see it or feel it, you are always working. You never slumber or sleep. May your love surround them. Be near to them. Show your love. Show your mercy. Prepare a table in the presence of their enemies. Guide and direct them. Thank you, Lord, that you are in control. We trust in you. Surely love and mercy, your peace and kindness will
Our reading today is taken from John chapter 6, verses 60 to 71. Many of his disciples said, This is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, so he said to them, Does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I chose the twelve of you, but one is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, one of the twelve who would later betray him. Let's pray. Lord, may you add your blessing to this word. And as Ray comes to unpack those words for us, we just pray that you would anoint him with your spirit. May he speak your words in confidence and boldness this morning. And may we take them to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning to you all. Is that on? Can you hear me, Mother? Good. This is a funny pulpit, I tell you. Right, that'll do. See, I normally have to put the table out. I normally have to put the water there. When you're missing, doesn't happen. Nice to have a lay-in this morning, I don't know. Normally up here at nine. I was told not to play guitar by my family. There you go. So I thought, right, I'll take the opportunity to have a lie-in. So there we are. I see that David Beckham's son has signed for Brentford and he's been given a shirt number, the number four. His manager said to him, where four out there, Romeo? (laughs) Just topical, you know, just topical, you know, I thought it. You may have heard this before, but I thought it was right to bring it up again. But a young pastor 
was given his first job. And uh, he arrived a couple of weeks early for his post. And he uh, was given a parsonage. I love that word. Liz has called the manse the parsonage now. So if you hear her mention the parsonage, you know it's the manse. Much nicer word. But anyway, the church secretary met him from the station with his bags and all his worldly possessions and she drove him to the parsonage and she said to him, oh, because she was quite a formidable woman, the church secretary, you know what I mean, don't you? And she said to him, oh, why you've got a couple of weeks, could you put a lick of paint on the outside of the parsonage? So he thought, oh, new job, I better please her. So he said, yes, I can do that. She said, the ladder's around the back. So anyway, it needed a coat of paint. A little later in the day, an old man on his motorbike chugged along with a tin of paint. And he said to him, when you get halfway down, fill it up with water and give it a good stir and keep on doing that. Well, eventually this one tin of paint managed to go the whole distance and he stepped back and he admired his work and he saw that it was good. And as he looked back, the heavens opened and the rain came down in torrents. And the house that he just painted, the paint was washed away. And he cried out to the Lord, Lord, what shall I do? And a voice from heaven said, Repaint and thin no more. There <laughs> we go. I thought, I thought I'd engage you. Half past eight yesterday morning, and I got the phone call. I've got COVID, Ray. So it wasn't quite a, a task as you think out. Uh, I, the fox normally comes to me, and we run through his sermon together. So in my mind, I'd uh, already preached this sermon because I'd prepared a little bit for Fox, so you're going to get what I've done. So, uh, there are a couple of things before we start. Um, I want to point out, I often, people often say, how long are you going to be? And, uh, and I often give the answer is, um, I'm sorry, I never know if the Spirit's going to move. Now, whenever I preach... The Spirit moves in me and I get a verse or an anecdote or a little bit more explanation to what I've written down as I go. So I never know how far... I'm, I was in the shower this morning and the Spirit moved again. So I've added another paragraph this morning before I come. And then while I'm sitting over there, I'm thinking, oh, I should have said that. Just that. The band were superb this morning, as they are every week, even without me. They're superb. And our worship leaders take a lot of time to bring you songs that will help and aim to the scriptures. Because all we get now are, is the text. We don't get a sermon. Neil used to produce copious amount of notes. And if you were lucky, you got them. And uh, if you were unlucky, you were blessed. But <laughs> so all we get now is the text. And uh, this morning, Mel's done a superb job. She's given us so much 
assurance. So much to say that God is in control and we need to trust him in everything. And I think that's a great start to my sermon uh, because I haven't put that in at all. So bear with that, will you? As I say, I never know where we're going to go. So there we are. So where am I? I've got to find the beginning now. <coughs> I was 16 when I left school, and I didn't really know what to do career-wise. I thought about joining the Navy, but that wasn't clear. So I was advised to go to a technical college and get my city and guilds in electronics. So I did, and then became a printer, but never mind. Now, I did science of living uh, at school, which was all three sciences put together. The only thing I can remember about physics was being told to stand in a circle, hold hands with the people either side of you, and then the teacher broke the circle and gave wire to one person and another wire to another person. The teacher then started to feed an electric current through the wire. Little by little, he increased the volts until all of a sudden, a chain reaction started and we all got an electric shock. I don't suppose you're allowed to do that. Now, did anybody else experience that? Just by, was it only just my sadistic school being, being an all boys school, you know? Did you have that, David, you know, the legend that is? No, but did you do it when you were at school? <laughs> David's a legend, you know that. Oh, somebody will get the table in a bit. Anyway. So, so it was a bit of shock at college when uh, I, I attended my first lecture. I hadn't got a clue what he was talking about. He went over my head. What had I signed up to? And I'd been at church a little while, and uh, we'd got a new minister. And uh, I want to say pastor now. We've got a parsonage. We had a new... Oh, thanks, Keith. Oh, he loves me. could have opened it for me there we are so uh, I've been at church a while and we've got a new pastor and he invited a man called Gerald Coates anybody come across that name a few of you had so Gerald Coates came along and uh, he brought a different message to the church a powerful message a message full of truth a radical message about the power of the Holy Spirit. By the time, at this time, I was beginning to uh, lead a youth movement and uh, the young people were terrified, terrified because they'd never heard this teaching before. And we had tears, we had people leave the church and it was quite scary to people. And I think this is how the disciples of Jesus must have felt. Most of them were Jews. And these words from Jesus, they found them hard to comprehend. To these Jews, a complete life-changing way that Jesus had presented to them. These Jews were now hearing things that were different to what they had heard, been taught for centuries Many of his disciples said, this is hard to understand. 
and how can anyone accept it? And I find that even now today, that when I preach, you'll find it hard to accept, I know. I know that for many in the church today, the words of Jesus can come as a shock. Many people have been brought up differently from my era. Christianity is not taught in school as it was in my day. People don't regard Sunday as the Lord's Day anymore. Church is not an activity on a Sunday anymore. So when people find Jesus through Alpha, the way of Christ is alien to them. The words of Jesus are difficult to hold on to. We need to be patient with new Christians and support them. But having led freedom in Christ now for a couple of years, I realise that even Christians who have been following Christ for a number of years have struggled with certain difficult things. They have pushed them aside, treated them as a roundabout and gone around them. They tear that page out of their Bibles because they do not like it. And we need to seek God in all things. If we were to flip back into chapter 6 from the beginning, uh, you would see the feeding of the 5,000 and the people said in verse 13, when the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. Then Jesus walks on water and he says to his disciples, don't be afraid, I am here. Then the people arrived and they ask him, how did you get here? And Jesus tells them in verse 26, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. God the Father has given Jesus the seal of his approval. And Jesus goes on to tell them that this is the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given to me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of those he has given me but that I should raise them up at the last day, for it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up in the last day. <coughs> then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he has said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. 
And they said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say, I come down from heaven? And Jesus was aware that the disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? So we have seen through the chapters of John's Gospel that Jesus has the ability to know what men are thinking and what they are about to say. Psalm 139 verse 2 says this, You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when they are far away. I am reminded that even today God knows all my thoughts he knows how unholy they can be. I need to take every thought captive, filtering the good thoughts into my mind. So clearly what Jesus had spoken to them had offended them. This would be a pattern when Jesus speaks. Some will be offended, others will be delighted. When Jesus speaks, he speaks in spirit and truth. That is, his words are God's words, and they are always true. Verse 62 says, Then what will you think of if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing, and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life but some of you do not believe me for Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe and he knew who would betray him then Jesus said this is why I said that people can't come to me unless the father gives them to me I have encountered people and I no doubt you have in life that say to you along these lines, huh, call yourself a Christian, I'm better than you, or have lived, or they say, I have lived a perfect life, so why can't I go to heaven? <coughs> Excuse me. Just like the people of Jesus' time, your works and actions don't get you to eternal life in heaven. You can't get eternal life in heaven without Jesus. Human effort accomplishes nothing. The only way to heaven is by acknowledging that Jesus is your Lord and your Saviour and that he is king over all your life. I think the worst phrase a Christian dreads to hear when the Lord takes him home to be with him in heaven is, depart from me for I did not know you. And Jesus will say later in John's Gospel, I am the way, the truth and the life. The only aim of giving himself as the truth to the world is freedom. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free, free from the guilt and power of sin. Then what will you think if you see the sun of man ascend to heaven again. And Jesus came down to heaven to die, an eternal sacrifice for you and me, to die on a cross 
because of his Father's great love for us, then to rise again and return to heaven to prepare a place for all who believe in him. 66 says this, at this point many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? <coughs> we may know people who set out on the road with Jesus, but have gone their own way. You may say they are backslidden. They have known the Lord and have made a commitment to be a disciple of Christ. And we may know some who have come along to every youth organisation in the church and they have got older and they have found their interest in things outside the church. But they never made a commitment to Christ. It's tough being a Christian. <coughs> Alice Cooper, a famous rock star, you may remember him, he sang a song, School's Out for Summer. Quite a raucous character. Wouldn't expect him to be a Christian. And he says this, Drinking beer is easy. Trashing your hotel is easy. But being a Christian, that's a tough call. That's real rebellion. Following Jesus is a tough call. And yet, at the same time, it is the way to life and all its fullness. The pools of this world are great, but Jesus helps us. He says, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burdens I give you are light. Doesn't matter how difficult the teaching is, or how difficult life becomes. Jesus' yoke is light, and he shares the majority of the load with you. Our burdens may be great, but Jesus shares those burdens and brings rest to our troubled souls. Remember some of the songs you've just sung, because that's knowing that Jesus, that God is in control. His love and mercy is there and it follows us. So when the going gets tough, Jesus is there for you. He surrounds you with his love. I was reading from the Passion Bible and this has just dropped into my mind. This is how it happens. I was reading to the Passion Bible this week and it says... He wraps his love and mercy around us. There was an old advert on the telly uh, for an insurance company and it's sort of a man standing and a fortress tower was wrapped around him. May have been for the Prudential or something like that. But I get that picture of that love and mercy surrounds us. It wraps itself around us. Those who have backslidden and have rejected Christ. Don't give up on them if you know them. Pray for them. Pray that, that they may capture 
that first love that they had again, that they will want to follow Jesus again. Don't give up on them. Just share with them and be their yoke. And then introduce them as Jesus as their yoke. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe, we know you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I choose the twelve of you, but one is a devil. And he was speaking of Judas, son of Simon, Iscariot, one of the twelve, who would later betray him. This is one of Peter's finest minutes, one of his finest moments. He has completely got it. He sees Jesus as he is. It's an incredible statement. In our world today, we need to stand on these verses. Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and know you are the Holy One of God. There's so many religions out there pulling people to different beliefs. We must stand on those beliefs that Jesus is the Holy One. And so we need to always stand on those promises of God. And Jesus has called us to be one of his disciples. Later on in John's Gospel, we come to these, this amazing verse in John 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. For those who abide in Christ and allow his words to abide in you. Our Father will be glorified because you have honoured him by knowing that where can you go? Jesus has the words that give eternal life and we believe and testify that Jesus is the Holy One of God. Following Christ may not be that easy, but the rewards for sticking with it are great. Our job is to go out and make disciples of all people. When was the last time you shared the gospel with your next door neighbour, with a person at work, with your friends, with your families? Because as we step out in these troubled times, people we have seen through COVID have turned to look to Jesus. The people out there are seeking and we are here and we need to go and find them with God's guidance, just a word to a neighbour, to a friend. It's as easy as that. I'm reminded 
time goes on. I'm reminded of a pastor in America who says that when he became a Christian, he played for an American school's football team and he sat down in the locker room, not knowing the whole team were Christians. And the captain come up to him and said, well, it's inevitable we're going to have this conversation. He said, what conversation? He said, then I'm a Christian. Why aren't you? Let's go for coffee. So he went for coffee with that man. And that day he became one of the Lord's followers. So we took that up. A new neighbour had come into the area, lived two doors down from him. And on that evening, as he took his bins out, there was the neighbour. And he said to him, what do you do? He said, I'm an accountant. What do you do? He said, I'm a pastor of a church. So when are you coming round for coffee so we can have that conversation? It's as easy as that to tell somebody how great God is. Amen. And you're back. So let's just reflect on the things that Ray has said. There's only one name, that one name, Jesus, that speaks the words of eternal life. The words of unconditional, infinite love that surrounds us. words of truth and words that bring life and power and peace. John 16 verse 33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows but take heart because I have overcome the world. So just in the quietness, you might want to just shut your eyes for a moment as I repeat this verse. And let these words just sink into your soul. As I speak these words of life over our different circumstances, over our fears, our health, our anxieties, our families, our friends, our neighbours, over anything that preoccupies us. Jesus says, have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, 
because I have overcome the world. Just imagine Jesus sitting right beside you or in front of you, facing you. He asks, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for your family, your friends? What would you say to him? Just imagine holding out your hands to him, reaching out to touch him. Let him embrace you now. Let him wrap himself around you like a fortress. And don't hold back. Don't hold on to anything. Just let it go. What do you need to let go of in order for God to get hold of you? Jesus says, I told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart, I've conquered the world. Trust him. Cast your cares and burdens on his shoulders. Be assured of his promises. Be assured of his love. Be deeply at peace. Take heart. He has won the victory. He won't let go. Trust his plan for your life. Let him take control of your anxious thoughts. Be unshaken. Be brave. Be bold. Because you are never alone. Jesus' words bring hope and life to us. Jesus has overcome death. His name is higher than any other. His name is power. His name is life. Let's use our faith and speak Jesus' words of life over our lives and the lives of others.
stand together and sing. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Your name is healing, your name 
stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a fire I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I Timothy wrote, all honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king of heaven, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. He has overcome death and one day we will meet him face to face. If we trust and believe in him, he says there will be no more tears, no more suffering, no more fear, no more anxiety, no more sickness or pain. We will take our place as sons and daughters of the king, receive our inheritance. There is a day. We 
troubles hides its only you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the holy spirit amen <laughs> 